you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac and Sweet Victory are on tap mm-hmm. to help us navigate the show today. That's right. It's great, great to be back with our listening audience. We were on a little bit of a scouting trip. And if you are interested to get uh, some insider information, then you can check out our YouTube channel where we uh, released a video uh, letting you know what we were doing mm-hmm. and what is coming up. You'll be hearing a little bit more about that. Hopefully it's as exciting to our listeners as it is to us. But um, we are planning a future event, an event in the fall, that we'll be telling you a little bit more about as we get closer. Um, we also want to remind our listeners of a couple places that are coming up that probably require uh, advanced planning. Uh Two places we will be with Alex McFarland mm. in Paris, Tennessee. Yes, uh, for the Truth Matters uh, conference. It's a Truth for a New Generation event that we're going to be participating in, and the theme of that event is Truth Matters, and we're really looking forward to that um, ministry to our young people and those of us who are of advanced age as well. ministry to all of us. I think we should have always uh, done these things in tandem and not had like a, you know, a special. And when I say special, I mean like a watered down approach to our children. I feel like we should have always been giving our children meat, you know, trying to, to feed them well and prepare them to live in the culture that is now. And it is not the one that we, um, were so well acquainted with, just even 10 years ago. So so that's how we approach that and making sure to equip your kids just the same way that we equip our kids. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you can expect. You can learn more about that by going to alexmcfarland.com. That's alexmcfarland.com. Then also this summer, and this is the big one, like if you're planning um, camps, I guess people start kind of looking into that right now. I got a text message um, uh, from a sister who is looking forward to summer and, and wanting to know what we were doing if we were doing another camp. And we are, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And that is happening at Camp Refuge in North Carolina. It is the Unashamed Biblical Worldview Camp, uh, summer 2023. It's July 16th through the 21st. So we'll be there all week mm-hmm. um, trying to equip not only your kids, but our kids as well. Our entire family will be there and we will talk biblical worldview and cultural apologetics. How do we show up in the time that we're living in? Um, and for, for your kids, if they're there for our kids, it's in their age group. We're not, it's no more applesauce. Like we've, we've got to, <laughs> you know, I mean, and maybe there will be applesauce. I, I, <laughs> I feel like Sammy was just like, wait, no, hold up a second. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no. And when I say that, uh, I don't, I'm not referring to the meals, obviously. Um, but we should have always been equipping our kids. And so this is something that is near and dear to our heart and possibly, um, I would like to say that it's it's because our kids are growing up in this generation right now. So we mm-hmm. are seeing 
in real time the effects of the culture on them, even as we do everything that we can to help them engage and navigate the culture, we can see clearly that it's just not enough, that there's still always more to be done. And so, um, and I say that as people who are culture watchers, we are paying attention and even alerting you as to what's going on in the culture. So I just imagine as parents who are, you know, trying to live and get dinner on the table, you're not paying attention to all of those headlines. Uh, And so, you know, if there are things that can seep through the cracks um, in the culture watchers home, I'll say that <laughs> then certainly if you're not watching the culture, there's so much more that's just sort of yeah. oozing in. So we want to be a help. We want to be an aid. And as we traverse the country this year, and as we did last year, our aim and our one note is that the Bible, the word of God is totally sufficient Amen. for everything, for everything that pertains to life and godliness. Like it's totally sufficient. So all of the questions that we have about the culture, all of the questions that we have about parenting and about marriage and about rearing children the word of God is sufficient. Like we don't need to look outside of scripture for that. You know, I mean, there are things that we can glean. There's research that we can use to kind of um, supplement what God's word has already taught us. And what I mean when I say that is like, okay, so here's the evidence that confirms God's word is true. Yeah. Like that's, that's what we say. When, when we find this evidence, we say, oh, this just confirms what God already told us, right? He knows how we are wired and how we are built uh, because he's the designer. And so we go back to him and we lean on him for all of the ways that we are to engage the culture. So those two events are coming up. Certainly you have some time if you're looking ahead to July, but I know that uh, the summer camp filled up last year. And so um, if you want to prepare in advance, um, there you go. That's information. If you want to learn more about that uh, conference or that summer camp, you would go to NC, so North Carolina, ncrefuge.org, ncrefuge.org. And in April here, just next month, um, the Truth Matters Conference with Alex McFarland. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to alexmcfarland.com, alexmcfarland.com. All right. Um, just jumping into a news story here that um, that Will the Great sent to me, even as, as I was looking at the content and the information that I wanted to talk about today. And I thought, wow, you know, we, so, so title of today's topic is the rescue mission uh, begins at home. Mm. The rescue mission begins at home as, as we watch our culture just kind of spiraling out of control. And we talk about this and it almost can sound like a, like a broken record. I know that's dating myself, (laughs) <laughs> even to say scratch CD sounds like I'm dating myself. Right. Um, <laughs> right. How about how about file not found? <laughs> Is that right? We can sound like file not found. Um, a corrupted file. Or, or corrupted file or something <laughs> like that. Whoa, hold on. Okay, filing, that, <laughs> filing that away. That's really, uh, that's good. Um but the reality is that we are watching our culture in real time kind of swirl around those last few swirls in the toilet bowl. Like that's, mm. that's what we are watching. And there's so many questions I feel like that are, that are coming from parents and, and grandparents. And the question is like, what can we do? And I think sometimes the, the most present um, response gets overlooked. Like it's, it's right here or, or the closest response gets overlooked. Yeah. And that response is what you do inside your home. Yeah. And, and I'm going to keep saying that, you know, as, as long Very as the important. Lord enables me <laughs> to breathe. <Amen>. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to keep saying that because I believe that as with so many other things that we have prayerfully covered and just kind of stayed the course on, stayed the course on. And, and initially there was some pushback on it. 
I believe that we'll come full circle and people will say, yep, this is what it was, that mm-hmm. it was it was giving attention to our homes. Look, our culture is in trouble. We're not going to fix that by jumping over the carcasses of our kids. Come on. Okay, like our kids are spiritually dying inside our own homes Mm. and we are stepping over their spiritual carcasses to go outside of our homes and try to provide solutions. Yeah. So, you know, so sometimes if you take that approach, it will make you feel like, well, we can't save the nation's kids. I mean, there's just nothing. (laughs) And and, and I would say, okay, yeah, you're right about that. What about yours? But what about yours? And see, that's the thing. You're so right. You know, we tend to look outside of, you know, where we can really have a a, a true impact. And God has uh, built it and set it up in a way that we can have an impact right in our homes. That's right. But a lot of times we we think, oh, if this would just happen or if we got this or that, you know, we're right in our homes. If we said, okay, we're going to get serious about discipling our children. We're going to get serious about, you know, what they're into, what they're watching Mm -hmm. and, and that stuff. We can hear some of this stuff off, you know, uh, before it even comes in, you know, yes. before the culture is able to grab them. They can they can understand and know what they believe. Yes. Think about this in terms of uh, Ben Carson. Part of his testimony, many people are familiar with Ben Carson's testimony that he was raised by a mom who had a third grade education and she was a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. And part of his testimony is that, you know, her going to clean the homes of these wealthy people she observed that they had books in their home, mm-hmm. right? And so here she is. She's got a third grade education and she comes home one day and she's like, turn the TV off. Like here, you, <laughs> you guys are going to start reading books. And and what was she expressing? She was expressing that I want more for you and I don't really know how to get that. But I see that these people have a little bit more. And one of the things that they have in common is that they have books. They, they're reading books, right? Mm-hmm. So third grade education But you guys are going to read books. Now, that is something that is sort of a natural desire. Mm -hmm. I I want you to do well. This is just naturally speaking. And so the first step is you guys are going to read books. We don't know what's going to happen after that. We don't know what this is going to look like for you in the future, if it's even going to produce the result that I desire. But I'm going to get started somewhere. Right, and the place I'm going right. to get started is here. You re- okay, so now that's naturally speaking. Right. All right. And then you've got gifted hands. All right. Then you, <laughs> right. you've got you've got neurosurgeon. You've got you've got, you know, Ben Carson. OK. Right. Um, but then let's think spiritually here, because because one of the things that we hear from parents um, pretty often is I don't know where to start. Mm. I don't like how do I. And, and, and I'll tell you this. I think that part of the expression of the I don't know where to start is that there has been. And, and I mean this lovingly and respectfully. We can all, you know, kind of take a little bit of inventory and see where we have failed and where we've missed it. I think a large part of the not knowing where to start is like kind of walking out in an unkept garden and seeing all of the overgrowth and, mm-hmm. and your, the initial, <clears throat> excuse me, the initial response to that mm-hmm. is you just don't know where to start. Yeah. And so I'm kind of m- mixing metaphors here. But what I would say is pick the first weed and, and, and uproot it, right? Like just start and then just start working your, right. working your way through right. and getting back to the Ben Carson <laughs> metaphor. Um, you know, do that thing that you think is going to begin to produce the result that you desire. Mm. So Ben Carson's mom wanted her children to be intelligent. She wanted them to be readers. So turn the TV off, start reading books. What is it spiritually that you desire for your kids? Like as you look at the culture, as you look at the way that it's progressing, as you look at the decline or not, not progressing, as you look at the decline, (laughs) the question has to be, what is it that you want for your kids? So the way that we are living life as a family is with the prayerful aim of producing the desired result Mm -hmm. Right. And so what is the desired result? 
and I, and I know this is going to upset people and, and it may confuse people. So I may need to give some kind of qualifier or something. Um, we're not trying to produce um, culturally successful kids, like mm-hmm. socially successful kids. Like that's not that's not our aim. Yeah. Right. What we want is we want to pass on our faith, the one true faith that was once and for all delivered. Right. We want to take that faith, the most ardent faith and pass it on to our children. But not just that. We want to pass it on to children who are able to carry it to the next generation. And so because that is our aim, what we begin to do is to make sure that we shore up their faith. So this would be the securing the mask of the person closest to you, right? Before you like run to the back of the plane looking for all the other people that need help. Mm. If we begin taking these steps, if we begin the the rescue mission inside our own homes, I think we're going to see the ripple effects of that. In our culture, and I'm kind of getting a little bit, kind of feeling a little bit emotional about it. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I know the story that I'm going to I'm going to look at here. We've got another school shooting that is in the news. Yeah. And when you see stories like this, you know, the questions are always just like, man, you know, you know, how in the world? How does this happen? And and what I will tell you is what I will tell you is it will comfort people. It will comfort people to a certain extent to believe that. This is the result of some sort of external, meaning outside of the home force that is acting against the home. But I got to tell you what so often is overlooked and what we minimize is the power and the impact of what happens in the home. First and foremost, Mm. we cannot control what's going on in the culture and the culture is going to press and the culture is going to push. But what the Lord has given us is a domain Mm. that we are supposed to steward well for his glory. So this is, you know, and it kind of this, so this is what our parents, this is what our parents, um, this is what they were trying to express when they said, well, I'm not Johnny's mama. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now they, they weren't going into deep theology and, and, and doctrine and talking about like, you know, why we do things differently yeah. here. But what they were exp- ex- expressing mm-hmm. was a deep theological Bible driven conviction that, you know what? <laughs> I cannot control what that kid is doing, but I can absolutely control what you are doing That's and right. you are not doing that. That's right. And so some of that, some of that, we dismiss that as like harsh parenting. And we said, we're going to do something different. And can I just tell you that the culture we are living in now is the result of generations of we're going to do something different. We're going to do something different. And unfortunately, the something different was just moving further and further away from the tenets of Scripture. Mm. Now, I'm not going to be the I'm going to be more the buddy. And look at what that has gotten us. I'm, I'm not going to bring down this discipline. I'm going to just let them do what they feel. And look at what that has gotten us. Right. All right. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name cause it's all that I can do In desperation I'll seek heaven And pray this for you I pray for your healing The circumstances would change I just want to say this. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We do appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. We recognize that you could listen 
to whatever else you choose to listen to. And man, there's no end to the podcast and the radio programs that you could check out. And the fact that you allow us to spend this hour of the day with you, or if you listen a little bit later, it's it it's an hour that you allow us to spend with mm-hmm. you. So we appreciate it. Uh, welcome back. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's in Jesus' name, Katie Nicole. I want to, uh, before we look at what has happened in Nashville just this morning, and this, again, um, as concerning as any other school shooting, if not more, because it's happened at an elementary school, and that's just sort of, you, you never really prepare to process that kind of information. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say, going into this story, there is a lie that is pervasive in our culture that parents cannot have influence over their children. This is a lie that many parents have given into and maybe even proliferated even among ourselves. You know, we've looked outside of ourselves for an influence over our children. You know, so moms will say, I just want my daughters to have great godly influences in their lives. And, and so, so I'm like, okay, be it. (laughs) be that be that be that meaning live this consistent life be actively involved in your kids lives spend time with them love them this this idea that the culture has foisted upon us that we are supposed to make parenting as easy as possible it's not easy Mm. it is not easy it is messy it is time consuming you are shaping character not just modifying behavior and because of that it draws out of you everything you have and even what you don't which is why you have to be filled with the spirit of god to do it for his glory like you can't you cannot do it on your own right? right you you wrap up the end of the day and and you're just like running through your mind over all of the ways that maybe you missed it and you, you celebrate those small victories where it's like, oh, OK, well, thank you, Lord. But it's this this idea that we have allowed parents to um, to snuggle up close to that, that moms are supposed to find ways to make parenting as easy as possible to like not get in it as much as you can. Yeah. And same for fathers. I don't know where this came from. There's no biblical point of reference for this. It is something that is man-made. It is something that has pervaded the culture and Mm -hmm. we have adopted it as Christians. We should have never done that. We always go to the word of God. So, so here's what I'm saying. We can, and we must, and it is the expectation of all scripture that I've read that parents would have influence over their children. You're supposed to be living the type of life that draws from you questions of your kids or from your kids. That your kids are looking at your life and that you're living so otherworldly that your kids are like, wait, wait, why do you do that? Mm. Like, wh- why, why do we do this? Why, why do we keep these commandments? Why do we fear God in this way? Why do we live a different life? And the expectation is that you would be poised and ready to present the gospel. Amen. That you would be poised and ready to present to your kids the knowledge of God that drove the way you engage. So you engage because you know who God is. You live differently because you know who God is. And then when your kids ask the question, then you are prepared to tell them why. This is the on-ramp, as I say. This is the on-ramp for the gospel. But Amen. we have missed this ramp. We've, we've missed our exit or our entrance, if you will, <laughs> you know, because we're going so fast at life. And culture has told us that there's so many more things that are important to us than producing kids who fear God. Culture has told us there's so many more things that are important, Right. Like a bigger house, a better car, 
a successful career, accolades on social media. Culture tells us that these are the things after which we must chase. And so we go after them speeding down the interstate and we miss the on-ramp for the gospel because kids just kind of get in the way of our success. Mm. And in fact, the only time that we can find space for them is if they are going to make us look good as it, you know, points to our success. Hey, look, I've raised a successful kid. Oh, you mean like a robust follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? No, I mean like got a like great career. And and I mean, yeah, they go to church. You know what I mean? But they but they just built a home. Um <laughs> got got a, got the car of their dreams and and you know, just just killing it at life. And, okay, so but what about after this life? Mm. What about a- they're killing it in this life. So so go ahead and build bigger barns. But if their life is demanded of them this night, what of the barns? Like what happens? And so what we've got to get back to in the church, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we look at what is going on in the culture, we have got to be intentional about securing the mass, the oxygen mass of our children. What what are we doing? So here's a story. Here's a story. And then I want to talk about what's going on in Minnesota, because I, I believe that there, we have to guys we're goalies. We're goalies, okay? So we got to be watching for the balls flying in every direction and, and, and body diving to get to them, okay? Because our kids matter just that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so local time, 1030 this morning in Nashville, first responders in Tennessee were on the scene of a school shooting at a Nashville elementary school. The name of the school, Covenant School, um, connected to Covenant Presbyterian Church, Three students and three adults were killed in the attack, according to Vanderbilt Medical Center. Police say um, officers engaged with and killed the shooter, identified as a female who appeared to be a teenager. Mm. Wow. Carrying two assault type rifles and a handgun. Guys, you know, and I think I, I don't think I'm alone here. I think that many of us feel this way when when. When you read some of the headlines in our country and just all of them, not just this, right? Like not just limited to this. When you read some of the headlines in our culture, it reads almost sort of like a surreal, like unbelievable. I can't quite accept that this is where we live, right? Like you, it, it is almost sort of like the, um, you know, the movie producer mind has like kind of made this our reality. It's like things that you you read about, you think this can't be real, but it is indeed real and it is indeed happening in our culture at neck breaking speed. I mean, the rate at which the stories are out there and the things that are going on that show the great depravity of man, man's great need for a savior. That man left to himself. This is this is what this is what we are. Right? Right? The female who has yet to be identified, um, this is at least at the point at which, which I read this story. I don't know if the, the shooter has been an, identified. I think there's yet. an update because I'm seeing a, a headline said police released more details about 28-year-old female suspect. A 28-year-old female In Christian suspect. school shooting. So it must be, you know, information so not a is still teenager. coming in. Yeah. And that's one of the things, even as I was looking at this, um, you know, so often... I try not to be the first person to cover a story or to talk about a story Mm -hmm. because I believe that there's always more information that comes out um, as, as the story develops. Uh, And, and again, according to this, as of this morning, there Mm -hmm. were a total of six people uh, killed in this school shootings in elementary school. So goes up to the sixth grade. So three, three students. And I want to say three teachers 
or three adults, let's just say that, uh, killed in this school shooting. Um, I, I really believe that when we read headlines like this, we are looking at evil manifested. And I, I know that there are people who have more politically safe grabs to make when they observe or read these stories. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there are people who want to go for the gun thing and go for the school thing. And, and, and I understand those safe grabs because nobody's going to think you think that you're crazy, you know, when you talk about that. Like no one's going to step back and go, oh, that's just a bridge too far. Like we're really right. we're, we're really comfortable handling those things that we can see that we can physically put our hands on. So we're, we're comfortable tackling the gun question. We're comfortable tackling the school safety question. But every time I read headlines like this, I am like, let's tackle the spiritual question that underpins this. Because if, if you don't have evil at work, then you don't have these scenarios. This, if you don't have wickedness at work, <laughs> pure evil at work, then you don't have these scenarios happening. And for some reason we get there last, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to just, and, and, and now let me, let me, let me be very clear on this because there are people who will call this evil, but just as a synonym for people doing bad things, Hmm. right? Like it's, they don't, they don't mean that there is an author of this evil, right? Right. They don't mean that there is, one behind this evil they just mean like oh this is evil and it's just that's a synonym for them it's bad it's bad no it is bad but this badness if you will has an author there is one behind this right and and the the remedy for whatever problem you are facing for whatever you're going through as we see in the culture the enemy's remedy is always death it's always. it's always death. This yep. is this is John ten ten, right? Steal, kill, destroy. Yep. That's that's it. And and when we talk about this, we're the crazy Christians. But how else do you define why this is happening? How and, how and, else do you make sense of this? And the crazy Christians, it makes sense to us because these things are spiritually discerned. But those yes. who don't understand the things of the spirit, it's foolishness. And yes. so when we talk about the enemy and, you know, the evil one and, and even talk about demonic forces and things like that, it's, it's, it's like, what? Those people are whacked out and crazy. But, man, we understand spiritual things because of the word of God. Right. And so that's always going to look crazy to people. Right. You know, if we don't equip our kids to understand sin and wickedness and evil in the world and to understand that there is an actual being behind this, it's not just some um, it's not a, a gaseous force. Do you understand? Right, like, you know, right. and, and this is this is sort of like what I think our kids tend to think about, um, which I'm, I'm gearing up to to do a short video based on a question that one of our kids, it was actually Nathaniel, uh, who's almost nine. He asked a question just as he's processing and thinking deeply about things. Right. As a, as a nine year old. And uh, and he asked this question. I want you to think about what your response would be to this. And I think anyway. So he, he said to me in the kitchen, he said, Mom, he he says, um, is Satan a bad God? Hmm. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that question, right? Because that question is pregnant with the assumption that Satan is God's equal opposite, Mm. right? And so, man, what a (laughs) great opportunity for me. And I took it. What a great opportunity to make sure that he understands. While it is true that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. 
We are not wrestling against God's equal opposite. Satan is a created being. Mm -hmm. He is a created being who desires to be God, but cannot and will not and is defeated, right? Is defeated. The war is already won. What we are facing every single day are these individual battles. There are these individual battles that God is so gracious to us that we don't show up to these battles in our own strength, that we are full of the Holy Spirit of God. So we are not battling on our own, but we are battling. And I think it's so it's also so important for us to recognize that this battle, like we, we are sort of in the crossfire. This is Satan's war against God. It is Satan's desire to be God, to say that God is unworthy, mm. to say that God shouldn't be God. This is a created being. Right. Right. This is. But here's the point that I'm making behind all of the evil that we see happening in our culture today. It is not just some force. It is a created being who is living it up, so to speak, while he can. Mm. Now, I understand that sounds very old timey. Because we've progressed so much to the point where we can explain so many things where we don't have to worry about what we don't see. Mm. Well, I'm saying, yeah, you're right. You don't have to worry about it. But you you do need to know that there is something that you don't see. Right. Or some things that you don't see as the book of Hebrews describes the fallen angels. Well, describes the angels as myriad, Mm. myriad, innumerable, innumerable. So if you've got a third of an innumerable amount Guys, you can do the math. That is still innumerable. (laughs) So what we are dealing with on this earth, what we are dealing with in various locations all across this country are principalities. Now, again, why do I need to tell you that I understand that causes you to think that I'm crazy? Because I know it. I know because because that is to most people who don't read their Bibles, to most people who don't understand that God wanted us to be equipped and informed about how we are battling, I understand that that's not an easy conversation because it takes a whole lot of weight off of you and puts a lot of weight on your dependence on God. Mm. Right? Like you, you, you can't yeah. intellectualize this right. when you start talking about this unseen realm. Hmm. Okay, so speaking of the battles that we are facing, so in Minnesota, and this is really interesting as as. Our listeners know I've, I've been watching what's going on on the transgender front and the grabs that are being made for our children. And there are many states that are putting protections in place for our youth and saying, no, you guys are not going to experiment on children. And I actually expect to see the number of states protecting children rise. Mm-hmm. But along with that, you are going to see because the enemy is not going to go quietly. Right. Right. The enemy is not going to go quietly. And this is what we see happening in Minnesota. So. I thought this was interesting, um, and I'll share just a little bit extra in addition to this story. uh, Background on the author of the bill here that is going to make its way to uh, the Minnesota Senate, and and the governor of Minnesota said that he will sign the bill into law that will allow for Minnesota to become a refuge for for children and their parents who want their kids to continue undergoing experimentation and calling it gender treatment or gender care or transgender care treatment therapies. I call it child abuse. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really don't care what they call it. I call it child abuse. Um, eight states, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Iowa, Mississippi, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Utah 
have voted to protect children from radical sexual experimentation. In these states, the so-called gender-affirming care uh, will not victimize children. Minnesota. Minnesota is seeking to become a refuge a state where kids will still be victimized. Mm. We'll talk about this bill and we'll talk about the author of it. Very interesting when we come back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Please stay right there. There's a world full of mercy and peace. Mercy and peace waiting for me. There's a land for the lost and the least where they dine with the king waiting for me. Yeah, his holiness fills up the temples to eat of my sin and my shame. I didn't deserve to be rescued. Still, he has called me by name. I'll stay. Oh, man. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We're the Addisons. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's uh, stayed on him. And I want to say Terion. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Terion. Introduced to this artist by our children. Mm-hmm. And um, my goodness, this song is such a ministry right here. Like, I, you know, there's a the, the phrase, the um, the verse that you just came back with, where there's a place where the lost and the least dine with the king. Mm. Like that's just straight out of scripture, right? Like that we have been invited to <laughs> the king's banquet and we don't deserve to be there. Yeah. And our wedding clothes, like our, our our celebratory clothes are the righteousness of Christ. Like that's that's how we get to be there, right? It's it's yeah. not our own duds. It's not our own like, you know, it's <laughs> we're not we're Amen. not there because we're good. Right. We're not there because we're good. We are there because mm. of what Jesus Christ did and that it's paid in full, like the debt that we owe, that the wrath of God that was on us Man, Jesus Christ took that mm. in our place and our belief in what he did, our belief that it is sufficient, that our debt is paid, that saves us. Amen. There's, there's, there's no works attached to that. It's not your own clothes. You don't mm. get, you know, that was that was a thing, right? People used to say, well, you know, I'm trying to get myself together because <laughs> they're, they're going to come to God. I'm trying to I'm, I'm working on it. I'm going to get myself together. Well, you're going to be working on it forever if you believe that right. that is, you know, right. no, in that state right there where you are, that is where the Lord Jesus finds you. Mm. And if you believe that he is able to save you, if you believe that the sacrifice of him bearing your sin and your shame and all of your judgment and all of your punishment, his bearing that on the cross, if you believe that that is sufficient, you are saved. Like <laughs> today you'll be with me in paradise comes to mind, right? Belief in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did and that he is risen and seated at the right hand of God. If you believe that the Bible tells us that you are saved. Mm. All right. Amen. Back to the, today's topic. Amen. I mean, it's the gospel, right? We live it. So, so in Minnesota, they're trying to um, create almost like a, um, I don't, would you call it like a sanctuary state for, for youth? <laughs> who are sexually confused. And what is really interesting to me about this is, is you have other states that are taking measures to protect youth. You've got Minnesota, um, who they've already passed this bill that they have been pushing um, through the House of Representatives there. And now it's making its way to the Senate. 
<clears throat> the governor says that if it makes it to his desk, he will sign it. The author of the bill. Now, I want you to listen to this. OK. And so this is where our uh, Christian conviction meets our political engagement. Right. We cannot be, um, you know, appalled in the pews and then passive at the polls. That's, that's what I said. I said mm-hmm. this many, many years ago. Yeah. We can't be it's a very <laughs> old, very old speech. We can't, we cannot be appalled in the pews and then passive at the polls. Like you hear about what's going on and, and you're like, Oh, such sin and wickedness. And then, and then you're just like, Oh, but let it be whoever gets in the off. No, we, like that's not where you live. Right. So there's a certain expectation mm-hmm. and, you know, responsibility that you have. So the, the author of this bill that in Minnesota is seeking to undermine the will of parents. And I, I would say um, bring great harm to children is a man, a man who presents himself as a woman and was elected as a representative three months ago, three months ago. And his name, well, the name that is in the article and in my cross-reference research, okay, is uh, Representative Lee Finke, okay, Lee Finke. And I pulled a clip of him being interviewed uh, because I wanted you to hear his motivation for running for office. And now I understand, please, please, okay, I understand that I am saying he and his and him because this is a man, mm-hmm. although he is presenting himself as a woman and is being celebrated as being like one of the first trans women or <laughs> but he's a man all right, right to be elected to this man. particular particular position. But I wanted you to see this if you're watching via the live stream, you can you you'll be able to see this interview and I would recommend that you go back and look, um, but you'll be able to hear it. So here we go. This is clip one. My name is Lee Finke. I am from St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, I'm from the west suburbs of Minnesota. I am a representative-elect. I come Most recently, I was working for ACLU Minnesota as a multimedia storyteller, but my background is in journalism and documentary film. And the first thing I saw on your campaign page uh, was that you ran for this seat in the House because you're worried about the future. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot that's been happening over the last seven years that are particularly concerning for a lot of Americans, uh, and I'm one of them. Um, I, I mean, I made my decision to run based specifically in the increased national coordinated attack against the trans community that we've been seeing around the country, um, especially getting close to home. In the last session, there was some discussion around some really ugly bills, um, and it became incumbent on me to be... Uh, looking for ways for trans people to get into that room. Now that's, that is, that's, that's amazing, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm troubled by some really ugly bills. Okay. And, and, and so just looking into that, it just became really incumbent upon me to find ways for trans people to get into that room. Right. So, so in order to push through my objectives, (laughs) my goals and my values, I've got to get into that room. I've got to get into that space where they are writing laws, writing bills, I should say, that in the hopes that they become law. Now, here's something that's also interesting. As I I, I went to this man's um, government page and and it had, you know, other bills 
that he had authored and also some accolades that he had received. And and this was just stunning to me um, because I didn't even know that this had happened. I didn't know this was a thing. But um, USA Today released their Women of the Year project. Okay. So <laughs> March 19th, USA Today released its Women of the Year project. And this man was actually lauded as a woman of the year from Minnesota. Okay. So, so this again, and we already know this, right? We already know yeah. like this is, this is where we are. By the way, let me open the phone lines. If you want to comment on anything we're talking about today, you can do that. 888-589-8840. 888 uh, If you want to talk with us, uh, sweet victory, we'll take your call and get you through. Um, okay. So USA Today has a whole list. So I went to check out the entire list, right? And it's amazing that that list, I feel like, is almost sort of like a microcosm of where our country is. So I was reading just some of the the little blurbs about the women and the man, okay, who made it on the list. And it is all of the things that the the wild liberal left celebrates. These are the things that we celebrate in women or... In men, <clears throat> excuse me, who masquerade as women. Mm. So it's it's those those who are concerned about the climate, right? So mm-hmm. so those who are doing those things to protect this country, those who are on the f- the the front lines fighting for LGBTQ um, protection, those who are the first this first lesbian to be elected as a governor. Like it's like everything that the radical liberal left is supporting and pushing. This is what we are celebrating. And I, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because this is USA Today. At any rate, though, I think where does it get to be enough? So you've got you've got an elected official who is identifying as a woman. He is a man. He's identifying as a woman, but he's in a position to write bills that will affect children who are confused. And it's amazing because now what it's doing is just kind of repeating the cycle where Obviously, obviously, guys, and I want to say this very carefully and I want to say this very lovingly. It is obvious that there was a period in this man's life where he needed someone to help him with his confusion. He needed someone to step in and not validate the confusion, rather help the confusion. And he is what happens when children don't have that. Mm. But now he is in a position or he's writing bills to perpetuate this type of confusion and to create a type of sanctuary state where people will come from other states where children are being protected. They will come to Minnesota because they can do whatever they want and they won't suffer any consequences. They can experiment on children. This has publicly been called experimentation. Wow. That, that we, are, we are testing the plane while we're flying it is what these doctors have said, if you want to still call them that. So here's, I, I want to revamp what I have said. So I've said that, and I'll go to the phone lines here. I believe that you're going to see more and more states moving to protect children. I would also like to say that you're going to see um, more states digging in as well. And so the battle lines are drawn. And I believe that the states that dig in, like what is happening in Minnesota, I'm not saying it's done deal, still has to go to the Senate, but what is happening 
in Minnesota, I believe is sort of like the it's the um, New York State pre row, mm. right? Where you and 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 just look at the effects of that. Look look at what you had in New York City alone, where more babies were aborted than were being born, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because the history of murdering babies, even before in the rest of the country, you could do it. You had people just going there to abort their babies and then travel back to their states. Mm. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to John in Oklahoma. Hi, John. Hello, how are y'all? Doing Hello. good. Good. I enjoy your program and love it, and I'll be brief. You were talking about the manifestation of evil a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you all listen to or watch, but one of my favorite guys to listen to is a man named Chuck Missler, who's a really good Christian. I don't know what you call him. He's he's so smart, he's hard to listen to. He's kind of like <laughs> an astrophysicist. But wow. he explains what we're seeing, in it, that the realm that that we're at war with that you talked about, Mm-hmm. is slowly becoming more and more visible and manifesting itself more often. And if, mm-hmm. as you watch him and listen to him, it gives a really good explanation of what we're seeing. And he feels like it's going to continue, that that will be part of, you know, in Revelations where it talks about um, the Antichrist will be accompanied with great signs and wonders and miracles. Yes. And that will be coming from this realm. And so, again, don't have time to explain it all, but I would suggest people would listen to that because I think that's what's happening. And he mm-hmm. explains it very well, and it gives some insight into the evil things that we're seeing. So mm-hmm. I appreciate what you do. and just wanted to share that and put that out there because yeah. it's really timely, what he says. So thank you guys very much. God thank bless you, you brother. You, we appreciate you calling in. I have heard the name Chuck Missler before. Yeah. I don't know that I've looked into any of his work, but I've definitely heard his name before. So now you've got me curious. I may need to take a closer look. Thank you so much for that, John. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to uh, Lisa in Tennessee. Hi, Lisa. Hey guys, again, thank you for taking my call, and I love listening to y'all. Y'all are such a blessing to me, and, God and bless you. you teach me so much. And kind of like that first caller, um, what I have to say is like I find it hard, you know, when when you talk to the people that that believe in the the wicked side of the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. realm, and you know they want to uphold that, but then when you try to talk to them about the holy. Side of the, 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 you know what I mean? The spiritual yes. realm. Oh, that don't exist. Well, if if it does, how can how can it not exist? Exactly. If the evil realm exists, oh, you know. On, and Lisa. I'm like, you people, the world is deceiving you, and you need to understand Proverbs, you know, twenty three, twenty three. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Come on, you know. Come on, get real. Yes. Yeah. Realize yes. Oh. It, that there, there's there's truth and there's holiness in the spiritual realm realm, and it had to be there for there had to be a supernatural realm for the devil to even exist mm-hmm. because he was created by the 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 top supernatural being okay (laughs) lisa listen let me just tell you something you're hitting on all cylinders here and what what you just you you tapped a hornet's nest and i don't even know if you know it and maybe you do maybe that's why you made those comments but (laughs) i'm going to tell you there is a there is a growing disdain for the spiritual realm in general and and to our own detriment would we believe that the lord god would expect us to combat 
or to stand against wickedness, right, without the indwelling of the Spirit's power mm. and the operation of the gifts that the Lord has entrusted to us. It's crazy the number of people, and Lisa, you're not making it up, the number of people who believe that the the unseen realm exists as it pertains to evil, but as it pertains to the Lord and his operating and his move by the Spirit of God, that that, no, that's just too, we can't. And so I would say, well, there's a lot that I could say about that. <laughs> I simply don't have time. I want to say thank you so much to Lisa and John for calling. Listen, the Bible has set us up with everything that we need to engage this culture and not be lost to it. All right. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.